Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Jimmy, Trash Cat Crew Cheese, Padre Kinder Padre, also known as Jim, alongside Hollywood Harry, also known as Keith Pearson. Harry, if you can chucking believe it, we are chuckless today since Charlie Chuckwagon Davies is hard at work getting the new 24-7 soccer channel, the CBS Sports Galazzo Network, off the ground, especially as it pertains to his new morning footy show, which will run every weekday live from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern, and then I'm sure we'll re-air a little later for the West Coast audience as they wake up, and that is super exciting. Anyway, Heath, any thoughts on Chuck not being here? That is a wee bit early for me. I'm a morning person, but I'm going to have to watch the reruns most of the time. <laughs> I'm super stoked about just having, again, that destination for morning television. When I think about, uh, yeah, it's a little bit uh, indicative of where I'm at with my life, having young kids and stuff. But that TV is cranking uh, when I wake up in the morning before getting the kids to school for me, just getting caught up on things. So I can't wait to watch that. But uh, yeah, without Chuck being here, uh, more words for us, Jimmy. You, <laughs> so many more words for us we that you have even have. We air time. Yeah, so Charlie. many more words for us that you even have them written, written on your T-shirt today. Uh, that's how many <laughs> That's how many extra words we get. Uh, you love it. You love yeah. it. You love it. All right. We're looking ahead, though, mm-hmm. with regard to today's show, to Friday's game against Granada as the U.S. returned to competitive action for the first time since the World Cup, if you're, I guess, FIFA-sanctioned <laughs> competitive action. Uh, we'll have team news, of course, lineup predictions, and a whole bunch more. Make sure, if you're on the YouTubes, hit like and subscribe, turn on your notifications. We're going to have a live show following the Granada game. We'll have a full recap, so make sure you join us for that. If you're listening to this on your podcast platform of choice, make sure you download, follow, leave a five-star review. We'd really like that. 
just makes us look cooler to the people that uh, are pulling the strings here. And then word of mouth. We want you to share this with as many people as you possibly can as we continue to build more and more in soccer. We trusters. This is an amazing community. And we love uh, the loyalty in the community that we are building. Also, before, while I have your attention, <laughs> we are finalists in the soccer category for the Sports Podcast Awards, and we need your help. So please take a minute out of your day to vote. Link is in the description. We are trying to put a trophy in the trophy cabinet. We are currently empty. <laughs> we need a little validation for all the hard work and sacrifice that we're putting into this to have a fun show so we can continue to do it as we run up to the 2026 World please. Cup. So please vote for us. We are begging, please. But or don't. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> it's fine. Or don't. It, it's fine. So, so Heath, before we get into this though. And I'm going to get into the Nations League overview. Our U20s just played. So mm -hmm. our, our USU20s, with some tremendous players in the team, have three friendlies mm -hmm. before they play in the FIFA U20 World Cup, okay? And they're playing mm -hmm. France today. They lost 4-0, everybody. And I watched mm -hmm. a good portion of it. E. Not a great result. Uh, they play England uh, a couple days from now, and then they play the U21s from Serbia a couple days after that. And so... Yeah. It's judge, good, us against, judge, us against, judge us against those. Like France is the one, it's Ooh, literally France the one country where I'm like, you know, these France, France could also be 17 and 18 year olds or 19 year olds or 20 year olds that literally have been playing first team football for years. And their pipeline is insane. Like France isn't talking about we're good at youth development because they are youth development. All their, like their first team in the national team has a bunch of top young players. So that next tier of top young players aren't getting into the national team. They're playing for the U-20s right now, and they are nasty. They are nasty. They are nasty. It was 1-0 at half to France. They had missed the penalty wide. To start the second half, we had missed the penalty to make it 1-1. And then they scored on, on a set piece to make it 2-0, and then we just kind of fell apart. We created a lot of good chances in fairness mm -hmm. to our guys. I mean, Gaga Salonina started in goal. You had Quinn Sullivan, uh, Kevin Paredes, who we talk about a lot, Paxton Aronson, Jonathan Gomez, Diego Luna, uh, Puxas up top. I mean, we had guys that we are counting to be the next uh, wave of, of uh, superstars for our national team. Can't get beat but, like that. But uh, they got run over by France. Good, and so it's something team, about... Can't get beat like that. Yeah, 4-0. That's going to be a nice eye-opening let's say post game for Mikey Varas, the U20 coach and, and for the rest of the squad. So hopefully they can build off of that. You want to get that out of your system though, before the world cup starts. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to mention that because I thought that uh, there were some really good moments and I saw some really good sequences from our players. And, and if we had our finishing boots on, I, I think it could have been four, two, four, three kind of time, kind of game. I think there was mm -hmm. pretty wide open, but we got to lock things down defensively. I still feel like defending is a lost art. And I saw a little bit of that on display or, or a lack thereof into that one. All right, let's talk a little Nations League. Just just okay. want to catch everybody up, Heath, because at times this is getting a little confusing. But I'm going to do like overview stuff. So there are three leagues, ultimately, A, B, and C. And there's promotion relegation between A, B, and C. These are countries. And then at the C level, you have like the small, like St. Lucia is like is in C. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to do a couple things to get up to the next group or next league, blah, blah, blah. But, but the U.S. is in League A, okay? And there are four groups. If you win your group, then you qualify for the Nations League semifinals, which is what we did last time. We're the defending champions of this competition. And then you, you play it out into their final. That, those games will happen in June. And right now, 
we currently sit second. Now, if you get second in your group, you qualify for the Gold Cup. So there are a couple different things that are happening. Now, Jamaica have looks like they're they're they Jamaica's on top of group A over Mexico right now. So it's really between those two. Panama and Costa Rica are battling out for the top mm -hmm. spot in group B. Honduras and Canada and Curacao still has a chance there in group C. And then for us, El Salvador is actually on top, even though we have a game in hand. And then we're in second on four points. They have five, El Salvador, and Granada has one. We've played Granada four times in our in our history, and we've beaten them all four times. Mm -hmm. Most recently, we beat them in the first Nations League game back in June, which has been a while, four or five zero. So it's looking like it's going to be one-way traffic here, Heath. But I wanted to get everybody caught up just in terms of what the Nations League means and how it has implications on the Nations League semifinals and final, of course, and then obviously the Gold Cup too. No, I think that's great context obviously the game in hand really means nothing if you don't use it right to your to your to your advantage i think obviously i think our win uh a win over granada is expected uh i think we should have control of that game but you know how some of these games can be jimmy i i generally i remember uh playing games where we were the significant favorite um and generally we 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 controlled those games from start to finish at the national mm -hmm, team level mm -hmm. i don't remember i remember one that was a tight one but we played barbados and qualifying beat them eight zero and we had the second leg where they had to beat us nine zero to to knock us it was when there was randomly fifa changed all those things last minute and we had to qualify in that random home and away playoff to get into the final round when it was a single final round and and we ended up i think it was a one nil win but they hit the crossbar like three times like it was a long grind of a game but this one uh, is f significantly different in terms of 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 uh, the pressures, and so I expect the U.S. to to be able to comfortably control the game from start to finish, um, and and then also just play entertaining, play the way in which they want to play, and also get a result if that makes sense. No, it definitely does. I think there is some conversation that needs to be had, and we'll get into specific starting positions and who we want to see in the starting eleven later on in the show. But I think I want to talk a little bit overall in terms of aesthetics and what we want to see out of this particular group of players, especially because 23 of them are European based and one is MLS based and that's Miles Robinson. Oh, now this game exotic. is happening. It's an exotic roster. It's very exotic. I, the, the game is in Granada. Okay. The Island nation of Granada. They're playing at the Karani James athletic stadium. It holds 8,000 people. And I expect that to be completely full and raucous. So that should be fun and a good challenge for our, our players. They're currently Not easy. led by, not that easy. Led by manager Anthony Nixon Modest. He's a 47-year-old retired defender who played for the senior national team for Granada back in the day. Mm. And they've got some good players that are sprinkled around, and, and uh, they're going to sit back and counter. That's probably going to be their modus operandi in this one, and, and uh, not a big surprise. But walking into this, Heath, let's just talk overall, and then... I want to get into a couple things that that uh, Tim Ream said and and uh, get an update on Brian Reynolds a little bit, uh, who had a good interview with American Soccer Now. And so, was that what a you, was that a sanctioned interview or is he going to get in trouble for? <laughs> good question. Good yeah. question. You know, you get in trouble. You get in trouble. You, you speak <laughs> you outside, outside. You go outside, outside. without yeah, approval. Yeah. You get in trouble. Yeah, Michael Cameraman will be uh, locking you down from that point forward. So, what do you, as a fan, want to see? out of this game from the U.S.? Or or even if it's not player-related, it's Anthony Hudson, the interim manager. What do you want from him? It's, it's a really weird time because whatever you're trying to implement as a coach, 
doesn't necessarily mean that whoever takes over is going to try to implement the same types of things. Yeah, I think this is a hard one, right? And and we talked about this is it's a competitive match away from home and and there is a significance to it. So part 1, just like every national team game of significance, get the win, right? right? And that 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 tightens a little bit of the way in which you play. Yes, you're playing you're 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 the 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 uh huge favorite in this one. But it's about being like, you know, again, I go back. I, I know we people are probably annoyed of us saying this, but a lot of these games that you play away from home, a lot of it's about discipline, right? Doing the work, working together, being on the same page as your team on how we transition, how we defend in our blocks, where we, where we want to win the ball. Where are we finding these advantages that we think that we can capitalize on that will already give us that edge? That's part one. But then part two in possession, if they're going to sit back and bunker, how are we actually taking chances? When are we picking, choosing our moments to be creative and show a little bit of that flair that we've seen from this generation that I'm afraid we're going to lose if we make it too rigid of a system, right? Where you only overlap when there's there's certain types of triggers, right? How do right. you actually create this right. combination play? Trust the first touch, trust the touch and the technique of the players around you, trust the flow of the game and play with an attractive style of play. But again, it's it's so hard. As I say that, I, I even start to tell myself like... Let's start with getting the win because that'll put us in a good spot. Sure. But secondarily, um, you know, I want to see that we've got a really quality roster of players here. Um, let's see us take some chances. Let's see us actually. A lot of these players are playing in clubs where they're going to have to break down low blocks, right? At, at, from time to time. So I don't want it. I don't want a low block to be this extreme example of everybody bunkers against us. And it's so hard to break down because it is hard to break down. But you and I, Jimmy, used to spend hours every one day a week where you have to defend with five against seven or eight players, and you can make those seven or eight players suffer for a long period if you're organized, right? It is hard to break it down. But eventually, they find where those holes are, they find those gaps, and they start scoring goals on you in training. And so that's what I want to see is that sort of in-game management and thinking of uh, taking what the game gives you and being able to, to iterate on that as the game goes on, whether it's fatigue, whether it's openings, whether it's recognizing, oh, there might be something here and, and taking those risks. Okay, now they have another game against El Salvador in Orlando on Monday. We'll obviously be doing a preview for you guys and and a recap for you so make sure again you turn on your notifications no matter where you're picking up this podcast to make that happen and be a part of the festivities especially if you want to come live with us it's always fun when we're super mm -hmm. emotional though i don't think we're going to be too emotional in this one now i wonder in terms of balancing the squad unless taylor booth balls out then i'll be real emotional like i will be emotional that'd be pretty know. exciting in terms of balancing the squad i mean you bringing in all these players most of them are flying great distances to be there. Do you roll out your quote unquote of these collection of players, your B squad against Granada and roll out your A squad against El Salvador? I wonder. We can get into that a little bit as we start to discuss this. I did want to go back, though, because Tim Ream has also done an interview. Mm. <laughs> Whether it's been sanctioned or not is, is something completely different. And we got to talk about uh, Fuller and Balogun as well, dropping out of the U21 mm. England mm. camp. But this is what Tim Ream said on Greg Burhalter. Yeah, I think for us players, I think bringing Burhalter back is a familiarity. It's the togetherness that he brought to the team after it was very much kind of sporadic and fractured. When he first came in, and I think Tim is referencing after we didn't qualify for 2018. When he first came in, it was a big transition with a lot of new guys coming into the program. I think he did a fantastic job in that aspect. And he laid very, very good foundations for the team. I'm not done. Tim mm -hmm. Ream continues. 
whether he comes back or not is for us as players is not for us as players. I've said this previously. It's not something we really worry about or concerned about because it's not our job to hire for that position. I wonder if he knows that we also don't have people in position to hire. <laughs> but if they bring him back, obviously we'll continue to work under him. If they don't, we'll continue to work under somebody else. And that's just yeah. the nature of what we do as players. That's the nature of the sport. Sometimes there's continuity. Sometimes there's change. We'll roll with whatever happens. And Tim Ream should run for goddamn office. That's a very diplomatic yeah, answer. It is. So, so any any thoughts on this and Tim Ream on Greg Berhalter? I, I think that this is a, a good, mature response to this question, ultimately. Yeah, like what is like what do you want from Tim? He was left out of the cycle all that time and then went to a World Cup. So on one hand, you go, oh yeah, Greg overlooked him all this time. And then on the other hand, you're like, you went to a World Cup, man. Like, and you played well. And you're probably one of our when I was thinking about who do you put on the in our lineup first in these upcoming games, Tim Ream. Like he's got the maturity, he's got the experience, he's got that uh, overcoming of adversity. But when I think about those quotes, it's a good diplomatic answer because, but it's also the truth. He didn't beat around the bush of 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 the answer. The reality is, is it's not his job to decide. When Tim Ream got called in leading up to the World Cup, did he maybe have conversations with Greg that were tense, or did he maybe refuse to go? Or I don't, I have no idea. But he got called in. He performed well. He did really well, and now he is. Again, our at least for me, one of our first that I put into the lineup, regardless of his his age, because we need that experience on the field. So when I think about that answer, it's true. You call either 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 he continues or he doesn't, and we're going to keep getting on with the work. I don't think you're going to see like a team protest uh, if if Greg Berhalter were to get the job again, and I also don't think you would see the team protest if a new coach gets the job. You get on with it. It's a national team. It's not a club team. It's very right, very right, different. Right. Um, so I think it's a, it's a, it's a good answer. Okay, and and I appreciate you until saying that, that new coach doesn't bring him into the to the to the first <laughs> camp and says, "Hey, man, we're moving past you." Yeah, yeah, you're 35, bro. It's time to move on. But I would say that I like that point of you saying that this is the national team, and not a club team, because I think I'm going to use that as it pertains to building my lineup, which we'll get into in a little bit. Don't worry. I do want to talk about Fuller and Balogun though, because he just dropped out of the U21 England squad, and I know that he put a cryptic message on social media about going where he's appreciated and so on and so forth. I think what's interesting is that England didn't call him in. Gareth Southgate, the manager, didn't call him in. And he was upset about that. That's when that post Oh, you came. thought that you thought that was about the national? I thought he maybe had a breakup with a girl or something. Well, like that, that could like be possible. That could just, be that, well, It no, feels like a breakup. Yeah, yeah. But, Jimmy, but, 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 you can't just connect that to a non-call. I can and I will. He, Jeez, I can Louise, and I know? will. Okay. I've been misreading his messages for months now. I got to go back and <laughs> <laughs> So 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 Marcus Rashford and Mason Mount drop out of the England squad, both attacking players. Rashford probably more like for like obviously with with Balogun mm -hmm. than Mount, but still two attacking players. And Gareth Southgate elects not to call in anybody, which makes that makes me seem like Gareth Southgate's actually trying to do us a goddamn favor by giving us Fuller and Balogun. And then, and then after that doesn't get called in, he then drops out of the England 21 U21 squad, even though his club in France, Rance, says that he was injury free. So you wonder what's happening there. Now he's got 17 goals to his name in Liga in 28 matches so far this season. He was born in New York. Fuller and Balogun to Nigerian parents, but he grew up in England. So he could play for Nigeria. There's still like this outside shot that the Super Eagles could come in and swoop for, for Fuller and Balogun, which would be so heartbreaking for us here because we feel like there's a nice position ready for him to go that nobody's really put their stamp on and owned, even though we have guys tap dancing around it. Maybe Daryl DK mm -hmm. will be that guy over these two games to really start to own it. 
But uh, any thoughts on Fuller and Balogun? And you think he's inching any closer to the U.S.? Got to be. He's He's got to be. I mean, he's 21 years old. He's in the form of his life, Jimmy, as your T-shirt says, but but, but he, <laughs> he can't can dribble, dribble and he can score. Uh, and so it's a tough situation because he's probably going through it in his mind. He was probably thinking, I'm going to play for England and I'm going to go prove by going on on loan out of uh, away from Arsenal that I can prove it. Arsenal hasn't shown any reason to bring him back in or any sort of willingness like he's probably going through all that saying, guys, what else do I have to do? to prove that I can play at Arsenal and to prove that I can play for the England national team. Now we know England's got a deep, deep uh, roster and always will of, of strikers. So it's going to be a tough go no matter where he goes, if he went that route. But I think it's certainly uh, illuminating uh, his potential decision to come play for the U S. And I do think this is a case of holding out because he wants to play for England. England is a much bigger national team than the U S a much more historic national team than the U S. So if I was in that situation and it was like for like, and I grew up in this, and my my heroes played for England, whatever, that's what I would want to do. Now, if that door closes or doesn't seem like there's a pathway there, then you play for the U.S. It doesn't make you less uh, American or anything like that, but I think that's probably becoming more and more... Um, um, like an option. ...clear yeah, to, yeah. Uh, of him. But it, it, I, I also think that it's going to be an amazing option for him if he decides to go that route. If you look at our, our crop of players all around the same age as him, uh, plus minus a couple of years, and and having the next few years to be... Uh, potentially our number one uh, up top is is incredible. Makes me wonder though, are we going to play with one up top? If we if we end up developing know. all these strikers, are we going to play with two up top? What are we going to do? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm excited about the future, and that's going to lead us into predicting our lineup right after our first break of In Soccer We Trust. So do not go anywhere. We're going to give you our starting 11s for this first game against Granada in the Nations League right after this. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, baby. Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. And uh, Heath and I want to let you know that this show is more than a YouTube first podcast. It's a community. Now you can rep that community with official In Soccer We Trust gear only found on the Paramount shop, baby. Discover t-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser engraved pint glasses. So if you want to shoot a shot like Chuck does when he's on his yachts, make that happen. Get hats, water bottles, and more to show your friends and family. What's up? So right now in Soccer We Trust listeners, you'll get 20% off an order, your order, when you use this podcast-exclusive code SOCCER20 during checkout. That's SOCCER20, and it's only available for our listeners. Head over to ParamountShop.com slash collections slash, hopefully everybody's writing this down, in-soccer-we-trust and shop now. Was that a tongue twister? you goddamn right it is. We want to make sure you earn anything you order in soccer we trust all right Heath. Mm -hmm. 
We're chuckless today, so it's just me and you breaking down the U.S. men's national team and their big game against Granada here in the Nations League. Fifth of six match uh -huh. days. The sixth one will be in Orlando as the U.S. take on El Salvador. We'll obviously have something special planned in preview and recapping for that. But we're talking Granada. And I want to get into our starting lineup. Now, I do want to mention something you said earlier in the show, and I'm going to reiterate. Please don't. Please don't. Unless I'm it was going something to. No, no, really no. It's smart. important. That's you said really this, is, this is a national team. It's not a club team. Oh, yeah. That was really smart. You can repeat that. It's really smart. <laughs> and I think that that is the lens that I'm seeing things through. Because as I started to put my lineup together, the one player that really stands out for me is Serginho Dest. Mm -hmm. Do we give him the opportunity as a national team, be like, hey, he hasn't played in a while. Let's 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 get his confidence back. Like I, I know that there's room for that potentially in a friendly, but and I know that we could say, well, Granada, Granada, this, Granada, that. But I want to put this in or plant the seed with everybody about precedent. Do we use the national team? Do we set this precedent that it doesn't matter if you are our first choice at some point along the way, that you automatically get your start or spot if you're not playing? He hasn't played in two months. So I wonder about that and the precedent that that sets to the group. If you say, well, as long as you, you have a big name and you did something for us in the past, it doesn't matter if you've played in the last couple of months or not, we're still going to go with you. And I, I, that feels more club team-esque and not national team-esque. And so I wanted to start the conversation there because I think that's going to impact and influence how I would like us to start in this game. But I'll let you go first because Matt Turner falls into that too. He's only he hasn't played much lately, and when he did, he didn't look super sharp. So, I but it would be weird for that one because he started for us in the World Cup. I don't know. It feels different in the goalkeeper position, and now I feel like I'm undermining what I just said. But, but I wanted to get your overall thoughts on that first. This is like the two sides of Jimmy show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh baby, yeah. Jimmy versus yeah. Conrad. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, no, I, I, I think you know when I think about Sergio Dest, and and we can get into the to, to the to the lineups soon of of pr projected. When I think about a team that's probably going to sit back against us, I don't think they plan to press us. I don't think they plan to be exposed against us. I think they plan to use their advantages in 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 the fashion that we've seen the U.S. struggle in. Makes me wonder, like, are we better at breaking down uh, low blocks by playing with three in the back? The problem with three in the back is that you're actually adding another defender to your back line and you're taking away another attacker in a weird sort of way, right? As opposed to a four. So you're, you're where we are best is in the attack. We're adding another forward, but we're also adding another, we're adding another defender. Does that make sense? So we don't have like a two striker system. So I'm wondering where that goes. The point being is that Serginho Dest in a, in a 3-5-2 could be really good. Uh, or a 5-3-2, if you want to call it. We'll call it 3-5-2 because we're playing a little more aggressively. Or in a back four, I think he could also um, be that guy. But if you're if you're um, Joe Scally, you're kind of you're kind of wondering, like, well, what do I gotta do? You know, like does form play a role in this? Does does whatever? And so I think you've got to see Serginho Dest, who I know has been in from day one because he don't doesn't make match day rosters anymore. Um, see how he trains. What's his sharpness like? What's his fitness like? What are what are the things that he's doing to show that you're ready to step into a national team game, regardless of opponent, and be impactful, right? Because we've seen Sergio Des also have a lot, some not a lot, some bad games for the U.S. in terms of sharpness in his passing, being on the same page, you know, using the tools that he is far better than any other player that we have in our national team pool to his advantage, right? Defending is always you know hit or miss, and then what is he doing in the attack that that makes him. Um, dangerous for us. So I'm, I think it's 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 on the fence and it's about looking at his first couple days in training and saying, 
is he there or is he not? Because we, you know that you know how far you can fall, Jimmy, um, as a player when when your your club situation is not right. This could be a good booster for him. I get it. Also, not necessarily be the, the what, can, he's, what, do you, what do you what? But let's imagine us back in camp. Let's say let's say again. I'll just I'll just say a name that I think you're familiar with, Johnny Bornstein. Say he hadn't played in a couple months. You're playing out of your goddamn mind for your club, or you're being really solid. And and let's say Joe Scally in particular is is out playing an Austrian international to get more meaningful minutes for his club with Borussia Mönchengladbach. And and that's you. And and yes, Bornstein played in the World Cup, and and he was fine for us. Okay, I thought he was he was defensive. I'm putting on these sunglasses so you don't you, you're just attacking me with words, Jimmy. So like I'm just making sure these things knock down any. any but but I mean, how it how it how would you receive that message if if it didn't matter how you were playing? I mean, that's always the case with the national team, right? I when you're in a that. club environment and you do it day after day after day, and it's undeniable, then then there's there's things that go on with that. But when you come into the national team and if you're playing in in, in top form, you you have to have that open and honest conversation. But we all know, like. If, if, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember play, playing like, like, like if, if Landon Donovan was healthy, he was going to play. Yeah, right. There it didn't matter if he starters. I get had that. starts and whatever. Marcus, they're, they're, if Marcus was healthy, Clint Dempsey was healthy. Those guys were going to play. Like you that. learn that life's not fair, and especially when you get to the. I mean, you learn that at the club level first and foremost, right? Um, you're in an environment where if if you're a guy and you were a national team guy when you were playing, Jimmy, it didn't really. It wasn't going to matter how you trained at your club, right? You were going to start. You were gonna you were gonna wear a band. You you provided things that uh, if you were in bad form or whatever, you were gonna play. If somebody else thought that they were in great form or weren't getting the chances, that's gonna be their perspective of of a player like you at the club level. But at the national team level, you 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 can add a few guys that maybe aren't playing every single game week in and week out. Christian Pulisic, uh, an example. Um, but then on the flip side, you know you had the Giorena example coming into the World Cup playing games and then not playing. So it's like the undeniable things are, are really hard to weave into the narrative of the national team. Um, and it's also okay, the so national, not the national team's job to, to like, you know, I, right, right, people. right. Which gets back to what I was saying before club versus national team. So, so answer me this. And for anybody listening, you can chime in as well. We'd appreciate that. Hit us up on Twitter. ISWT pod, hit us up in the comments right now. Do you feel like that the proper evolution for a national team at proper sounds pretty dramatic, but, but we want to evolve into a national team where there's competition for every spot like there isn't that we don't have that anymore mm -hmm. now i know that with with england you know harry kane is probably the best example i can think of at the moment where if he's healthy even if he hasn't played in a while he, he's the captain he's probably going to start right so okay there are going to be a few exceptions but <clears throat> wouldn't it be cool to have a team where hey if you're not playing well you're not you're not in that's the precedent if you're not playing not not even if you're not playing well if you're not playing at all it just that just feels like such a big reach to be like, okay, cool. Well, you're, it doesn't matter. Oh, I think we're it doesn't matter. You're back in, right? I mean, isn't that where we want to evolve the, the, into? The, the, and that's why I, when I think about when I think about Sergio Dest, you bring him in and you go, if this guy is not literally at the level at P, his peak level, you're not bringing him in again until his situation gets cleared up. That's mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. think you you lose. I understand why you brought that, him in, but I just yeah. now I'm talking about why you're starting him as yeah. opposed to no, somebody no. who uh, would yeah. be quote unquote informed. Oh yeah, if, if, if but if he's showing that like he is at his peak level and he's just for whatever reason, his club situation is not working out. That's different. That's an eye. That's a gut. That's, you know, the staff, that's your, that's your GPS of showing like, is this guy actually in shape or not? Is he doing the work to, to, to keep his fitness and, and all these things you can, you can make a calculated and also a gut decision on where a player's at with that. And I think you can, you can, you can trust that. And if, it, and, and if he doesn't do that, then he's not 
then he's then he shouldn't be called in until he gets a situation right. I do think that you can maybe have one player like a Christian Pulisic who is a bona fide star playing at a massive club, not not getting minutes and and bring them in. I don't think you can have a team of those people because um, I think you set a bad precedent um, for the morale of the team. Again, I'm not saying that's the whole case with everybody, but Serginho Dest is one where it's not like he's knocking on the door. He is completely out at AC Milan, right? right? And so for the foreseeable future, he is not going to get better through games played and develop as a player, maybe in training. And so you get a chance. Now you bring him in, you say, all right, is he, is he, is he on the mark or is he off the mark? If he's off the mark, hey man, you're super important, but you got to get your club situation sorted out because right, that's what right. merits your call up. And that's what's going to bring the best out of you. That makes you the Serginho Dest that we know is, is, is potentially there. Okay. Just to put a button on this, I'm using Serginho Dest as an example because based on his situation. I think Serginho Dest is an incredible player. And when you think about talent, he's one of the most talented players we have in our whole pool. There's no question. But I just wanted to have this part of the conversation because I think it's an interesting precedent to potentially set. And obviously, we don't have a full-time manager. And, and uh, I wonder how he, Anthony Hudson, the interim manager, manages that per se. All right, that said, I, I'm going with Joe Scally. I know that Kai... Loyal follower, we love you, Kai. Thank you so much for the support over this last year. Plus, I'll say Scally over Dest because sometimes you have to see if, if there's better fits at times. Not to say, listen, when Dest is healthy and sharp and in form, of course, he's going to start. But in this particular situation, I think it's a good opportunity to see if Scally can be helpful mm -hmm. in a low block. Maybe he does connect better with a Gio Reyna in front of him or whoever is going to start, right? That, that connection between who's going to start in front of our one of our wing backs or outside backs is important as well. So there's a couple things to take into that. So I'll go I'm going to say, <laughs> I'll go Turner and goal cuz I just think it would be super weird to go Zach Steffen after he got left out of the World Cup and then he yeah, would be the number one in our first game back. So Turner starts. I got Scally. I got McKenzie, another guy that's in form. I got Tim Ream next to him and and but I'm open to McKenzie potentially being somebody different. And and Jedi. Though so that's my my goalkeeper in back four. What's yours? <clears throat> I've got um, same goalkeeper, uh, Zach. Uh, sorry, Matt Turner. Almost said Zach Steffen just to create the drama. Uh, <laughs> I've got uh, I've got Joe Scally at right back. I, this okay, is a cool. game. This is a game where okay. where again I I my, when I said Des before it was mostly on like I'm thinking through the lens of 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 a coach saying does he have it or does he not right right right, right you'll right. see that within Sunday Monday Tuesday of this week you would have been like okay not there or well, Brian Reynolds you know. is obviously uh, tearing it up right now in Belgium so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I'd, that's rather, I'd rather one. see Scally at this point, but I hope we get to see some Brian Reynolds. What I like about Joe Scally is he's playing at Gladbach and he's consistently competing for minutes with uh, Stefan Leiner. Stefan Leiner is a, 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 like a legend of a player in terms of, of what he's done at, at in, in his career. And he falls out of favor and then he goes on these runs and, and he holds these runs. And that level of competition... And that mental edge, I think, is worth being rewarded for. He's at a, Gladbach are a massive club. You know, it's not like it's a, a small club and he's, you know, Brian Reynolds is in a small club where he's playing every week, going to get better in that situation. But I'm going with the edge too. Yeah, to, yeah, Scally. I'll give it, I, no, no problem there. Uh, yeah, Mark I'm, McKenzie, you got Miles Robinson, Austin Trusty. Trusty, I think, bring him in, see how he fits in with the group. Miles Robinson mm -hmm. just getting started in his MLS season. I think McKenzie's in full swing and probably, uh, probably in theory, a little bit sharper because of how many yeah. games he's played so far leading into this. And then Tim Reams, a no brainer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I have Austin Trusty or, or Mark McKenzie getting the start there. I want to go with Trusty, but I feel like it's a big 
gap to get them integrated into what they're trying to do. I think that's a big part of the national team right now is integrating them into the way in which we want to play. And when it's a game of consequence, Mark McKenzie's been there. I think Mark second guesses himself uh, as we've seen in the past. And I think that can be killer at the national team level. Hopefully this run of games he's had all season long and a team that's battling for a championship and, you know, aren't in the best of form in the last weeks. And he's going through all that is going to make him a much sharper player at the national team level. So I'll go with Mark McKenzie. I'll go with uh, Tim Ream. And I'm going to go with um, uh, Jedi Robinson at left back. Um, okay, and so again, we're, you, can, we're you, could, you, could, you could tinker if you wanted to. You could because you know? Renata's not going to push us in yeah. the same way that maybe you could go with a Dastora and Scally. You could, you know, you could you could play with that sort of thing. But again, maybe maybe you're 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 changing things. But if you're uh, Coach Hudson, you're you're not really trying to be like I'm going to show everybody how smart I am in this camp. You're like, no, <laughs> I'm the interim. I'm going to go and continue to get the results uh, that I know this team can right. get. Um, let leave leave the tinkering for the uh, the for next the, guy. Uh, the next guy. Okay, um, so in, in midfield we'll go four three three. I assume yeah. I, I I will go first. I'll go uh, because we saw Weston do it actually quite well with Leeds this past weekend. A double pivot of of <clears throat> of Eunice Musa and Weston McKinney. Okay. So so and then whoever has the impetus, or whoever has that space in front of them to attack and then join the attack and the other one just sits. So, mm -hmm. so I can kind of see it a very fluid double pivot. I don't think both of them have to hold ultimately when we say defend in a three, I actually think our defending in a three will be more based on our two center backs and our holding midfielder kind of flushing that out as our three. Mm -hmm. And then we could probably take some more risks out wide. We saw El Salvador or you didn't see it. El Salvador had a lot of success against Granada. Uh, earlier in the Nations League by attacking those wide spaces. So we mm -hmm. obviously can take advantage of that with our wingbacks and try to defend a little bit more centrally and to, to slow down any counters. And then in front of them, I would go with Luca De La Torre. I just think he's been undeniable in his form right now. I think you want him on the field. I think his confidence is sky high. And I don't think there's any other room for him in the front three, even though he plays mm -hmm. a little bit more left-sided, left-winger, left-mid <clears throat> for Celta, Celta de Vigo. So... I kind of see McKinney, Musa, and De La Torre, though. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a potentially Geo Central. I'd like to see that. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that would be one way to potentially mix that up. But I think that leaves Luca out. I kind of want to see Luca in. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm go actually going with the same Central 3. My only difference is that I'm actually kind of getting, getting out of that double pivot and maybe just having... Not, could have, well, I guess I guess one, it's, it's going to be. I one. guess it's a fluid three at that yeah, point. Right, with right, those right. ones, it's fluid. It's but, fluid. But, but what I want is those two to be higher up. You know, one if there's one back that person sweeps is controlling the flow of the play. Right, that's maybe a Yunus Musa type that can come deeper to get the ball when we have it. And then I want to see Luca De La Torre and Weston McKinney way more connected to the front line. And that means little darting runs behind that back line. Luca De La Torre is very good at finding those little pockets and space. So you have Yunus sitting then. You have Yunus as the six. I've, I, yeah, I would say only because of the fact that that I I think we're going to have the ball mostly against the low block, and I want the ball on Eunice's feet to control that, to drive the ball forward, to come back deeper to get it because he likes to come back deep and get it. You know, maybe you split the center backs and he's he's sort of that one that's in the build up play uh, where the center backs are split and he's coming back to get the ball to sort of start that build up right. Um, and then I want to see. Again, that triangulation between those three players all game long, that confidence to connect passes, one touch, two touch. Yeah, they have to break the ball around. They need to break so the that Because if they don't play quickly, then and, and then you're going to have your wingers coming in to find the ball. It's going to be super crowded that we need to have a rhythm to the way that we play. And we need to be able to get our striker touches on the ball constantly. And if you're not moving 
if you're just stationary, we're never going to find that that top line where we can probe in, out, out the other side, in, out, little darting runs, combination play, and those types of things like that. So I, while I guess the double pivot does make more sense for space, I just want players more connected, uh, more numbers around the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I think what's important to think about and keep in mind as you're watching this game is that I believe if I'm Granada and I'm the head coach, Anthony Modest, I'm telling my team, let's try to get to halftime at zero, zero. That's that, that is probably one of the top three things I'm telling the team. Let's move the ball quickly. Let's try to hit them on the counter. If we can spring the attack, let's be organized. Let's not drop our lines too deep. Let's not have our midfield collapse onto our defensive line. That's kind of the tactics. And Hey, by the way, let's get to zero, zero at halftime. And then we can readjust and try to, sting him on a set piece or on a counter in the second half. So thinking about that, I agree with you that that the double pivot doesn't sound right, but I just feel like they're just going to flip-flop as to who's going to be the six. Sometimes it's Wesson, sometimes it's Eunice. And, and that's how I think that we'll probably play it out. Potentially, we could see a Johnny Cardoso yeah. who plays a little bit more uh, for Internacional in that spot. He can he can be more of a like-for-like like for Tyler Adams and, and just sit. He's probably the only one that will sit out of all the ones more naturally than, than everybody else. So that is uh, going to be interesting. I'm very curious about uh, your front three, Heath, but we have our second break for In Soccer We Trust coming up. So this is what we like to call a tease, everybody. So right after our last and final break of In Soccer We Trust, we're going to give you our front three that we think will start this game against Granada. And then we're going to get into some other big news about SoFi Stadium potentially not being able to host the World Cup final because the field is not wide enough. What's a misstep? Don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce and not Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies. He yeah, is, where is oh, that guy? I don't know, man. He's probably on a private flight to one of his yachts in the Caribbean. I don't even know. Maybe he's heading down to Granada just to sip on some Mai Tais after coming back from the Dominican Republic. We don't really know what Charlie Davies is doing, but we know he's working hard and having a good time. And we are very envious of that. Also, don't miss a second of action from the greatest club competition on earth. There's actually two of them, the Champions League and the Europa League. Follow the biggest stars from around the world, like Krim Benzema, Victor Osiman, Erling Haaland, Marcus Rashford, Angel Di Maria. I'm sure you've heard of a few of these players. They try to clinch 
Continental Glory. Stream every match from the Champions League and the Europa League live only on Paramount+. Plus. Try one month for free with the promo code ADVANCE. We are trying to give you the goods for free, so make sure you take advantage of this promo code. It is ADVANCE. That is Paramount+. Plus. All right, let's get into it, Heath. Mm -hmm. We did the tease. Yes. The front three <laughs> for you this want me to game. Start? Yeah, you start this time. You start. <sighs> Who's your front three against Granada? They're going to sit in a low block. Ten players behind the <sighs> ball, 20 I yards mean, away from their goal. What are we going to do? Who's going to be there? And how are we going to make it happen? Go. It's so funny because when what we should be actually doing when we do these is starting at forward and then working our way back. Because no, I just feel like first. it's so <laughs> hard at this point because I'm just seeing just people standing in each other's lanes right now when i look at our forwards compared to where our midfield three are going to be is like where's everybody going to fit on the field like where where do we yeah, yeah. where do we actually move and create spaces for each other and i'm actually thinking about it through the lens of like maybe we do need less structure maybe we do need those middle three if if Eunice musa or weston mckinney drift out wide like who's coming into those spaces inside right um because again if we if we play with wing backs or full backs and they're high and that's pushing our wingers to come inside Where's everybody getting the ball? And that's about, obviously, you know, timing, right? It's the timing of the buildup. It's 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 the game becoming predictable in the buildup where you see the next play that's happening before it happens. So you pop into the space, and that means now this space is opened up and all that type of thing. But okay. enough enough avoiding, Jimmy. Okay, I'm gonna so go with go, I'm gonna go with Ricardo Pepe. With the obvious. Forward. Christian Christian Pulisic starts, right? Yeah. Okay, so Pulisic's in on the left side, cutting in on his right. Yeah. It's really the only the two other spots that we're probably gonna discuss here. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go with Ricardo Pepe up top. Um mm. I think I mean it's just I, I, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna go with Daryl DK. Okay. okay. Because because I think that a way that we can hurt them and it gives us a different dynamic because we will have other guys with Christian cutting inside and you're creating those overlaps and the space for our, our wing backs to, to join the attack and whipping crosses. I think you're gonna need not that Pepe can't finish those. We've already seen him do it and he's been doing it in real style with Gronigan over the last few months. But I just think that DK is a different gravy and a little bit more physical, can can hold up the ball. And I think his hold-up play has been a lot better. And I think I want to give him a chance to see how he continues to fine-tune that area of his game. Because I think he makes great runs. I think the timing of his runs, he's getting better at pulling away from defenders. Mm -hmm. yeah. I want to see DK in there. And I think that he provides just a little bit of a different dynamic than a Ricardo Pepe. I agree. I think uh, I'm going with Ricardo Ricardo Pepe, because I think his his movement in the box is dynamic. I think his ability to finish after his movement in the box is dynamic. I think they both create space for others by occupying the center backs, you know, spinning off the shoulder, those types of things. My problem with hold up play is that even when I look at this, when I think about our, our center striker, it's the hardest thing for me because we never get them the ball. They never get the ball in positions that when I remember playing, right. we played so let's more with it in and they can finish yeah. it off. And I think DK. Yeah. And that's why I think I some of those those runs, that movement, that movement in the box is going to create the secondary chances for the team, right? One thing is to be able to make good runs and create separation from your defender to be able to put away chances, right? The next thing, the, the next part is that ball gets whipped in, you've checked, you ran to the near post, ball happens, second ball pops out. What are we actually doing with that? So it's going to be up to them to continuously be busy swimming that line, making those thankless runs. Uh, to create that space or secondary chances. And well, the then, problem is, though, if, if Granada sit that far back, there's not going to be any space for them to run into, which is the way I would play it if I was Granada. Like, you want to take away that space in behind. 
No, so there's no space in be- behind, but it's more movement in the box. I'm going to make that near okay. post run. No, I get you. They're going to be you. set up, right? Granada's going to be like, don't allow us to, don't allow them to whip an early ball in behind their back line. Let's set up deep. Let's get into our spots. You know, you, you're playing with a single striker, so your center backs are sort of splitting that person. Someone's got the near post. Right, second right, right, defender right. Is, is, is tracking and, and that type of thing. But that movement is to you. occupy or, or clear space out for late runners, for other people to get in the box. And this is, again, why I want to see that connectivity between our attack because we do not get the most of, out of our strikers. The personnel that we have used in our national team do not support or get the most out of our strikers. Uh, and and maybe that's a role of, okay, who is our striker? System, then? With, could be system-based. Or how do we actually start personnel. that gets our strikers the ball more often or gets them involved in the build-up play more often? How do we get those entry points? Because like you said, if everybody's moving in in front of the strikers, there's never really a passing lane into them. You know, mm-hmm. when we played more direct or with two strikers before, you had less lanes blocked because your entry point was through two midfielders, wingers, and then two strikers. So that passing lane for a winger to spin out underneath as you played an entry ball into a striker uh, was different. The game's also changed now, right? Where there's a little bit, it's a little bit different where the U.S. actually loses their own space by pressing higher and controlling the ball higher up the field and things like that. So it's a, it's, it's, um, I'm kind of vomiting information right now. No, on, I, I, I say on the right side, I'm actually going to go with Gio Reyna. And I, I'm with I, you on that. I'm with you on Gio Reyna. So the only the only difference we have in our lineups is our strikers. Yeah. Whoever plays up top, DK or, or Pepe, I think it's imperative to watch how many touches they're getting, where mm. they're getting their touches. Do they can they can they turn when they get their touches? Are they looking to turn? How are they creating that minimal space into mm. something that is positive? Are we getting corners? Are we getting shots? Are are they getting on the end of crosses? Are they doing those things? Are, are, are we having are we having fun? You know. I think that that has to happen. That's part of it too. <laughs> no, I, 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 but, but when I think about again, Ricardo Pepe and I go back to some of his best matches, he was good at making other players around him better, right? Holding up the play, laying it off, getting like a Christian Pulisic driving inside to lay off a one, two Gio Reyna wants combination play. If you think about his willingness to drive inside, yes. he wants technical players that can lay him the ball off. And if you don't, he's going to throw his arms up up in the air and, and be <laughs> mad about it. I'm just kidding. But like no, I, he I, does I, want that combination play. And I think Ricardo Pepe has that cleverness of lay the ball off, spin out, create those little dynamic angles. Um, not to say that uh, that uh, that Daryl DK doesn't, because I'm I'm interested to see kind of how much he's he's developed as a player. He's obviously got a ton of tools. Um, but but I think in this first one, you could take some strategic risks, and I like Pepe there. Okay, I respect that, and I. I However, yeah. well, uh, I just, I just, <laughs> I, I, right now, I would you know, say, bless your heart, is, but this is, <laughs> I would say right now, Daryl DK yeah. is probably as confident as he's ever been and yeah. he's healthy. And That's I want to see what that version of Daryl DK looks like in this group. Not the one that looked a little nervous at times when he got his chance with the gold cup and ultimately led to him getting injured and having to pull out of the rest of that tournament. This is a different Daryl DK. This is one that seems a lot more assured of himself and what he's trying to do and how he's creating space. And, and I really feel like he's starting to get into that thing where he's thinking about the game more than just himself. To your mm-hmm. point, and Ricardo Pepe does this a little bit more or has shown that he can already do it where he's looking to bring other people into the game. Not that Daryl DK wasn't, but it just felt like, and this is all, this is an isolated Daryl DK. This is a very, I'm a young player. I'm just kind of, I want to be good at my game and not necessarily thinking about everybody around you. We saw, you see glimpses of it with every player, of course. But can he do that consistently where he can find that balance between when it's my time 
to I'm going to take this ball and do something with it. And then recognizing this probably isn't my time to do that. I'm going to bring somebody else yeah. into the play. And I that did takes, like that. That though. takes years. That takes I, years. It does. But I did like that when I saw he looks desperate to score. And it wasn't that leads to two things. You know, when you're a young player and you're desperate, those things that leads to a shocker or it leads to you being active. Now, I saw positive things from that selfish mentality from our striker that I remember uh, Josie had, right? I'm going to run with this ball and I'm going to go make something of it. Uh, and then Josie learned over time, I'm going to hold up play. I'm going to do all these other uh, pieces of the game that are going to make me an, uh, like this bona fide starting striker in this national team for over a decade. And I think Daryl DK's that hunger that he has um, when he gets the ball to go and do something with it, like you said, that's a fine balance. And he's got to add to like, oh yeah, this is a time where I just need to hold up play, lay it off simply and get back up top or get in the box. All right, this game kicks off on Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find it on TNT or Universo for the Spanish language broadcast. Uh, a good friend of ours, Demarcus Beasley, will be uh, part of the TNT crew. I think uh, Brian Dunseth got added, so excited for Brian. What and a guy. I believe Kyle Martino is involved as well, Julie Foudy. And uh, yeah, great crew there on the English speaking side and uh, should be a lot of fun. So make sure you tune in. To that, but now let's talk about some bigger news that just came out here, Heath. I don't There's know. If it's nothing bigger, bigger than our national team, Jimmy. That's nothing. true. I, I take that back. Let, let's talk about some other news. <laughs> no. And apparently, FIFA has stated that SoFi Stadium in LA is too narrow to stage World Cup games. We've talked about this before, and I feel like this is an easy fix because if you have a gajillion dollars, it yeah, shouldn't tear be that down. hard. Rebuild it. Yeah, just you just <laughs> reconfigure what you need to do to do that. But right now, currently, as it stands, SoFi is too narrow to host the World Cup games, World Cup final. I don't I don't know if it was just the final or what, but I think it's World Cup games overall. They got to figure that out. Bad news for Southern California. Does that mean it's going back to the Rose Bowl? Which city do you think should stage the 2026 World Cup final? It's probably between MetLife Stadium in New York or New Jersey, which holds 82,000. I just don't know. If you want to play outdoors when it could be... No, that's why. It's it's LA it's or got, Texas. It's, it's, it's got to be Dallas. Dallas. AT&T yeah. Stadium holds 80,000 with a tractable roof. I don't even know if they'll open it because Texas in the summer. I think you could start the game, kick off at like 12 or 1 p.m. local. That means more of a global audience can see it live. And I think because you can control the environment, so it was either SoFi or AT&T, and that's what we decided. But this exactly. is... Uh, this is, I think it's just forcing SoFi to get their act together, who are probably like, do we really have to do this? Kind of annoyed by the whole thing. But, I mean, you can't pass up the opportunity to host World Cup games and then, more importantly, the World Cup final. So I think they're going to figure this out, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I know we've covered this uh, in detail, and, and, and no new information has come out, just the fact that you know people naturally expected it to come back to L.A. again. Um, but if you remember when they released that first graphic, it said SoFi in the graphic. It did not say Los Angeles. It was weird. It was one of like the only two cities that mentioned the actual stadium in the city that they announced. Otherwise it was like, you know, Philadelphia. And that was all that you saw there yeah, for right, like posting right, right, games. Right. And it was like Los Angeles. SoFi stadium was like the clarification early on because of the Rose bowl implications. But yeah, I think you need to be indoors at that time because you need to play at a time of day that um, is for a global audience. It's the biggest, yeah, it will yeah, be yeah. the biggest soccer. It'll be the biggest sports match ever. This World Cup will be the biggest sporting event ever. 
uh, and that match will be the biggest match ever. So you need to obviously cater to the the global audience. Um, and so and then, and then Croatia and Morocco are going to be in the final. <laughs> I know. I know. They're not yeah. going to get the Brazil. Yeah, but you know what? I'll be a, I'll be at the U.S.'s consolation <laughs> game, uh, playing for third place. So that I'm would be yeah. Final. I mean, that yeah. would be quite an accomplishment for us because I don't think this yeah. 48 team World Cup is going to be that easy to navigate. Mm-hmm. All right, final thoughts before we let everybody go so they can enjoy their next couple days before this game kicks off, Heath Pierce. And what I want from you, I'm going to give you some rules here for these final thoughts. Who's going to be captain for the mm-hmm. U.S. Mm-hmm. with Tyler Adams out? And what do you think the final score is going to be against Granada? I think your choices are Matt Turner, Tim Ream. What do you give it to Weston McKinney? Uh, Christian Pulisic? Probably the obvious choice, but uh, give me your your captain and what. I kind of I kind of like the Reem story. Like, just keep going with this, Ream. giving him more. Like, give him the captain's band, the leader on the field. I generally tend to like a midfielder or a defender as a captain, Same. you know, um, because they're likely not to be subbed out. They're they're also, you know, just just a little bit different mentality, Jimmy. You Bruce, know that, producer you know? Alex says Gio Reyna for captain. Yeah, just hilarious. I mean, you could swing big and be like. Showed the right thing. No, that, I, I don't think that'll happen. But like, yeah, Tim Ream, captain. And what was your other question? Final score. Final score, I'm saying uh, 4-0. 4-0, yeah. No, actually, no. I was thinking about this in the context of a, of a, of a home game. I'm saying 2-0. It's a... These are it's an these away are, game. Yeah, it's, these, are, these are... These are these, they're tough, man. I'll say 3. I'll say 3-0. But we got to score pretty early. If we score early, they could open up the floodgates. Yeah, if they can get it to zero zero, then I could see your two zero coming to life as we scrape together a goal on a set piece or something. And then hit. I, I just say it through the context of my own trauma of playing away games, where I'm like, oh no, yeah, I get no it, problem. I get it. You know, but yeah, I can see, a, I can see, I'll say three Barbados eight zero at home, no problem. You know, and then it's like you know, you're grinding. They hit the crossbar, they hit the post, <laughs> yeah. they're like seventeenth corner in a row, and you're like, we're gonna lose this game. You're like one zero, okay, Eddie Lewis, score it one for us. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sometimes yeah. they do end up being pretty tight, especially if yeah. they gain confidence. Going into the game, if they do hit the crossbar, yeah. that they can run with us. But I just think we're going to have too much talent. We'll overwhelm them at some point. I like the two. I like three zero. I'll go three yeah. zero, and I think that Christian Pulisic will end up being the captain. Though it would be cool to see Tim Ream get to wear yeah. the armband. All right, everybody, that is it. That's the show. I'm cutting you off, Heath Pierce. Perfect. And uh, usually I save those cutoffs for Charlie Davies, but I save <laughs> it for you here at the very end. So yes. on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, I guess Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, Heath Pierce, and me, <laughs> Conradinho Conrad. Thank you for listening and watching in Soccer We Trust as always. And we'll see you Friday right after the game ends. And hopefully we do the business in real style. We'll see you then. Later. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.